Hey guys, welcome to episode 45 of the Bass Lessons Melbourne Player Profile Podcast. This week uh, I was joined by Igor Saavedra, um, a Chilean bass player best known for being um, an eight-string pioneer um, of the extended range bass. Um, it was really interesting to sit down with Igor and, and talk about um, the reasons why he went and gravitated towards the eight-string bass um, and also how... Um, he was involved in kind of uh, designing and pioneering the, his specific version of it, as well as the the mic ramp, as he calls it, um, which is an adjustable ramp um, for placing over the, the pickups of the bass, um, which has become quite popular these days. But um, again, his version is a little bit different, and we talk about that in the interview. We also get into some detail about practicing time um, and how uh, how accurate um, Igor um, is <laughs> with his perception of time. It's quite impressive, um, and and also just some some cool music stories and how he got started on the bass is really interesting as well. So I hope you enjoy this interview. As always, um, it's brought to you in association with. F-Bass, um, who have been handcrafting guitars and basses for over 40 years, and Bass Face Strings, who are supplying Ken Smith bass strings here in Australia. If you like the music that you're hearing at the minute, that is from the latest Pickpocket EP called Permutations, which you can find more about um, at pickpocketfunk.com. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Any questions, then just shoot me an email, info at basslessonsmelbourne.com. But without further ado, here is episode 45, Igor Saavedra. Thank you. 
Hey guys, how's everybody doing? This is Craig here from Bass Lessons Melbourne and today I'm joined by Igor Saavedra. Well spelled, my friend. Thanks, man. Really good to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, my friend. Yeah, you too. Um, you've came here all the way from Chile or were you in LA before? I know, well, I lived in LA from 95 to 2000, really. So okay. uh, I live in Chile. So you live in Chile. Um, and how are you enjoying Melbourne? I'm enjoying I mean, this is this one of the oh for seven years in a row the most livable city in the world. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. You can uh, see why. Yeah, it's an amazing city, and also what surprised me is, is how in this season the, the weather changes a lot. It's like wow, but it's interesting anyway. Yeah. It's like why? Wow, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, umbrella <laughs> and some fun. <laughs> Whatever. So hot umbrella. Yeah. That's yeah. very crazy. And you were out for the the Grand Prix. Oh yeah, I came Formula a little one. bit earlier because I'm a, a fan of uh, Formula One and now I think McLaren, McLaren can do something with the Renault engine and Alonso is my favorite driver. Okay. Yeah. That's my the short story about that. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about music, so... Yeah, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was a good event, it all went... Oh man, yeah. it was incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, being there is something. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Here's the thing that just popped to mind. Do you see any any parallels between being a Formula One driver and being a bass player? Yes. Yeah? Yes, of course. I mean, uh, depending on the type of bass player, because uh, there are different, uh, you know, approaches to music, mm -hmm. all of them valid in my opinion. Just like yeah. there's different types of drivers. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so a good quote. Some, guys, some people drive a truck. Yeah. By the way, let's say I play, for example, in my... my, my my specific case is like I'm a solo player. Yeah. I'm very like I was telling you before, uh, very nerdy type of, type of guy. Very like, you know, I like to study. I like the the, the, the detail, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. I have my friends, colleagues that are quite the opposite, and we're such good friends. Uh, they are crazy and, and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And uh, but the the profile of an F1 driver it suits me suits me quite well it's like you need to be very very like technical somehow but you have to have a, i don't know if i can say that a passion no oh cojones yeah cojones balls <laughs> yeah yeah because it's it's rough also so it's a it's a it's a, it's a healthy combination between rationality spirituality and uh, passion of mm. course it's, it yeah, cannot passion. be a brainy execution it's like not good yeah it's, it's a com healthy combination and also a finely tuned machine absolutely i mean i i, I yeah. i'm very into designing and, and creating my own instruments as you know i i came up with the extreme bass in 1999 where there were not extreme bases i mean extended range string bases yeah because uh of course the double fourth you know, the oh, yeah, extreme yeah. double four. Well, those were already, but uh, this, even though Bill Dickens, friend of mine, came out with the nine string, 
yeah. a little bit before me, but nobody was taking care about the X-string, and uh, it suited me perfectly. There are many reasons for me to play an X-string bass, really. It's not like, oh, eight, nobody has done it. No, it's, it doesn't go like that. Yeah. It's, it's a deep yeah. reason mm. for this to be like that. I can explain if you want. But, uh, but uh, I guess, you know, it has to be tuned, your bass is tuned to you in the same way that the car would be tuned to the driver. In this case, yes, because this is a very specific bass and yeah. it has a lot of features that are completely personal and uh, to the detail. Yeah. And uh, this is, in fact, this is the last version of Octavius. All my, the name of my bass is Octavius, and you can okay. imagine why. <laughs> and this is the last version. And uh, for the last years, my bass have been detachable. You see, you can detach the wings in like 20, 20 seconds on the... I can show there, you can zoom, the wrenches are there. So you just detach it and you put it, excuse me, sir. <laughs> you, you can put it right here. Awesome. You can, the headstock goes there and the wings go there. So it's very handy, it's 97 centimeters long, so it fits any overhead, in any overhead and it's really, practical because you never have a problem at the, at the gate mm. never yeah you just go with it inside that's it easy it's paradise for professional bass players because when we travel and the bass goes at the luggage with the luggage that's not a pleasant flight <laughs> for any of us. so i got i got really tired about that it sure. was like a super stressful flying mm. like that and i came with the solution and uh, this has uh, you can change the wings in fact it's got a translucent red made of ash hollow these are chambered the other ones are hollow ash maple yeah so it's um, you can have two bases in one also. cool and um what what did you start out playing what bass did you start playing my, my very beginnings you mean yeah 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 it was uh, oh that's funny it's a flying bee a uh, flying bee <laughs> Steinberger uh, Flying B uh, 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 35 inch scale Nin in 1988 I started to play I was four, 20, 35 inch four string 35 inch four string Flying B white wow which you, you also kind of have to hold like that if you're playing sitting down with the, with the V well back in those days I was playing rock and different okay. different styles so it's, it was I was Standing pretty up. much stand up uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not not that much rock really, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah. playing in bands and stuff like that. And, right. uh, but I did ha I didn't have that for many long. I mean, too long. Like six months, and then I got my Fender Precision. Oh, okay. Like in any decent bass player has to have. Yeah. Four string Fender Precision, 76, 77. Do you still uh, have it? No. No, but I know who has it, so. Okay. It's still there. You can always steal it back. I can. I will steal that from him, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And then I had a, that for like three years, and then a six-string PV TL6. Okay. What, what a wonderful bass! That one, a student of mine that lives in Detroit now has it. Mm. And uh, PV make decent instruments. Yeah. Oh yeah, back in those days. Yeah. The the Wolfgang uh, guitar. Yeah. Of Eddie Van Halen. That's, that's right. A piece of art. Yeah. They were doing really serious stuff back in the day. Didn't the guy from Toto, didn't he play one? Didn't, didn't oh yeah, Mike, Mike, yes, Mike, Mike Porcaro, yes. I think he Yes, played. he was. But this uh, PVTL6 was a, a really a, a, an incredible bass. Mm. I had that for seven years. And then the first 
extreme base in okay. 1999. Did the BV have the radius pickup? No, it no. doesn't. Didn't, no, no, okay. no, no radius pickup. But very, very slight radius. Right. Okay. Uh, Seventeen inches, I would say. Right. Seventeen to seventeen to nineteen inches. It was something like that. Yeah. So it was color bridge, uh, huge preamping. In the <laughs> back in the days when I used to play with preamps and stuff, as you see, for the last twenty years I, I haven't used any knob, uh, no I preamps, nothing. I don't use. Uh, I don't use pedals, I don't use effects, nothing. Fingers. I try to go, yes, do the nuances with, with yeah. my hands as much as possible. And what made you pick up the bass in the first place? Uh, the story is quite interesting. Uh, it's very like uh, kind of mystic. Uh, I was studying in the, f in the last year of uh, university to become a PE. Physical, physical education, yes, okay. yes. Uh, I was a Kung Fu instructor already. No way. Yeah, I was uh, in almost in charge of the of the whole academy because my master uh, was like letting me the responsibility, mm. and that's why I studied PE because uh, after I wanted to graduate to have a diploma and, and, and go to China, I was finishing the career and, and going to China to to leave, and uh, that was ready. I was studying Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, I speak a little bit, I still remember. And uh, one day, very last year of my university, a little sign on, 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 on a pole, pole on a jazz concert, weather report. What was that? I said, I, I, music was not part of my life at all, so it's I went silly, there. Silly name for a band. <laughs> said, I, what's that? I had nothing to do. I was with my hot dog here, like lunchtime, you see? Okay, whatever, I have nothing to do. So I sat on the floor, concert started. And this is in? Chile, in Chile and uh, at the campus in the university. Okay. In a, in a place they had for concerts. Yeah. And they started to play. First time in my life listening to live music. Really? Yeah, and the bass, first time. I mean, you didn't care about music, okay. sports. Sports and martial arts, that, that was it. And they start playing and say, what? I started crying, like crying, crying, wow. and, uh, and my attention was, at, I, I, it was not intentional, I, I was just focusing on the on that instrument, yeah. didn't even know it was bass, mm. you see, it was, yeah. it was oh, that, mm. so fat and, and warm, you see, mm. and uh, well, when it, they stopped playing, I went towards the bass player, that guy, to me, and I, what, what's that? I said to him, <laughs> what's, that? What's, that? what's that? Sorry, well, that's the bass. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so I went out, I grabbed my bike. It took me six months to build that bike. It's important to tell you that because it, after that, I went out of the campus, I turned around 100, 180 degrees and said, that's it. it was, I fell in love immediately. Wow. I went out. And I went to my home and I grabbed the newspaper, base for sale, base for sale. I have no money, but I have a bike. So, uh, well, would you like to exchange it for, my, for a bike? No. Are you crazy? No, nobody wanted. But one guy told me, listen, I took my grandmother to bring a, a guitar for me and she brought a bass mm -hmm. from the US. So maybe, why you come here? Why you don't come here? So I went there on my bike. 
and he had this Steinberger okay. Flying V. I was not able even to choose what base I wanted. I was listening to weather report. What a Flying V Steinberger headless has to do with that? I just got a base <coughs> and uh, traded the base for, for the bike. amazing bike, Shimano, Regina, Jane Hour. It was way more expensive. I lost it big time there on that trade. But, uh, but you gained. Yeah, I had a base immediately. Yeah. I mean, four hours after the concert. <laughs> and uh, when I, well, I was leaving the place and it was late and I had no money for, for the bus. So I, I came back running. He was closing. He had a store. I was closing. Oh, no regrets. Mm -hmm. uh, it's deal. No, 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 no. I, I forgot I came on the bike, so I don't have money for for the bus. Oh, no, don't worry. Okay. He gave me like some cash. I went back to my home and I never, I mean, I faked it every morning like I was leaving to the university till the end of the year. But the most important part of the story is that later I found out that that day, that very day, was September 21st, 1987. You know what happened that day? Jaco passed away. Oh. That very moment. That day? Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm the reincarnation of Jaco or some shit like that. <laughs> it's like, it's very mystic because who can say for sure that at least one molecule of this guy passed through me and went out to the cosmos and that was the spark. Well, I mean, especially seeing weather report as well, I mean. You added that. You see, I was listening to weather report, Jaco was dying in that very moment and, uh, and my life was pointing that way and in a moment something happened that I don't know, understand what happened. I didn't know who Jaco was, who, what a base was. It was like, I did, when I found out that, I was very impressed because I'm like, what? Yes, September was the very first, yeah. I mean, the very same day. So that's the mystic part of, uh, yeah. uh, and from this day up, well. That was that. Who, who was playing bass at that point? In a very famous Chilean bass player, very famous. He's still famous. Okay. I mean, he, he, he's older now, but he's a great bass player. And people doesn't know him, doesn't know him here, but uh, he was a great bass player. So uh, uh, thank God, you see, because uh, he was playing well, even yeah, though yeah. I, I have no context to compare. Sure. He was doing it greatly. Yeah. It was a fretless bass, in fact. Okay. I don't play fretless. <laughs> it was not about that. It was about that was the right moment. The connection. Yes, that's that's how I, uh, everything started. And so then, did you find a local teacher? Um, no, I'm totally self-taught because when I told my family at the end of that year that okay, I'm stopping this. I'm the, what? You have and how old are you at this point? Like twenty. I was twenty-two. Wow. Old, very old yeah. for something like that. I was like, what? What are you going to do? I'm going to play bass. That's what I, I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And they really went mad. Yeah. I don't blame them, of course. I mean, it's like... It's pretty... They went mad. They closed the door, literally. I mean, I was on the, on the street. Wow. And that, that's too much. So I have no chance to, to do any, anything else but uh, learning by myself because uh, nobody's going to pay lessons for me. Mm. And uh, remember, we're in South America, 1987. That's the context. So it's not, it was not easy to make a living of, out yeah. of anything. So, uh, but I, I managed my ways. And then my mom said, okay, 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 come back. My mother is an actress, by the way. Okay. 
So it makes no sense because she's an artist. So maybe that mm. that was the reason she was yeah, cared about because <laughs> she knows how how hard it is. So um, I'm self-taught. Okay. Hundred uh, percent. Have never had any. So you you went to jam sessions and started playing with other musicians. Jam sessions, getting uh, books and copying them, photocopies, and uh, because of my nerd nature, I, I was it was easy to me to just just study. I mean, understand. Okay, oh oh, okay, whole note. You divide it. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Fractions. Yeah. <laughs> Fractions. Yeah. Okay, rah, 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 that's it. And it, it was natural. It was not really hard to learn the theory, and then I, I went crazy. I mean, I loved it. So, wow, harmony and stuff like that. Yeah. And were you playing kind of um, traditional Chilean folk music? or No, no, no. no. I was playing, uh, it was very, very, very fast. I mean, uh, after eight months, I was playing with uh, six months. I was playing subbing, not subbing, really, for a very famous uh, Chilean rock band which is called Los Tres, but uh, sobbing, the main, the main guy was another guy, I was mm. just starting, so the videos are on YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I told a friend, man, this is my first gig, the paid gig in my life, six months after that day <laughs> of the bicycle, six months, and man, you have to go with the camera, there were no phones back in the day, so it was a tripod <laughs> with a huge camera like oh, that, yeah. and I was just the bass player, yeah, and yeah. the camera was with a huge light and the camera <laughs> pointing me and the the, the main uh, the singer of the band went <clears throat> mad about me and it's like, <clears throat> but i was naive i mean it was like yeah. it was my first paid gig and i wanted to have it and i don't regret it at all it's on youtube and i see it my stupid face i was scared and <laughs> stiff like a piece of stone was like very 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 scared but it's but right you, but you did it you played oh it yes no no wrong notes man i played it perfectly wow <laughs> but it's uh, it's funny to see myself and uh, mm -hmm. three months after that i was playing with a very famous singer which is called oscar andrade it's like willie nelson for the u.s you can say this kind of guy mm -hmm. composer and a famous guy in chile the top singer like that it's like john denver willie nelson this kind of guys Yep. but in Chile yeah. and uh, three months after that I was playing in De Quirusa, which is a very famous uh, funk uh, hip-hop band very famous in my country it was very fast and ta -ta -ta, um, at the one year and a half after the, the bicycle thing I was uh, teaching at the number one jazz school in my, in my country a year and a half later yes I was teaching bass at that wow. school <laughs> so I went it went very fast but it was somehow good, and on the other side, I went a little, you know, when you're young, the mm. ego kills you a little bit. I, I felt, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm God, man. Well, I mean, I must be God. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, but uh, you know, when you are young and and not uh, mature yet, mm -hmm. you think you are better than you are, really. Okay. Yeah. So, but the good thing is that I moved to the States to live mm -hmm. in 1985. It went good because I, I won an audition for uh, being a teacher at the California Music Studio. This granted me the O-1 visa status, which is, you know, the O-1? Yeah. It's a very, very cool visa, yeah. outstanding achievement visa. But uh, I started to meet people and amazing bass players. And I said, okay, no, okay, yeah. no, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not ready, in fact. So it's like, 
okay, calm down a little bit. You mm -hmm. need to learn so much. But I was doing good, playing with guys like Bob Shepard, you know, sax player, yeah. uh, uh, ma many famous uh, musicians. So really, jazz was your kind of main no, I'm, I'm goal, or at, at that time, that at was that your time it was like a status thing to me. Jazz, okay, because you know? that was the the elite musicians were elite seen as musicians. Being jazz it musicians. was like wow, and uh, in a moment I realized uh, I was not a jazzist. Mm -hmm. I just played jazz very professionally, well, but it, it was not filling my, my soul. I mean, it's like, I don't want to be a jazz player. I, I, don't, I don't want to be defined by that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, I said, harmony is cool, but the rhythms, the richness of the rhythms of South American area, area mm -hmm. is so, so immense that I, I started to understand that my roots were there, but the, har the richness of jazz harmony, that was worth it to me. But not to dedicate to that specific style. Mm. Just use that and explore into the rhythms of my land. I mean my land by South America as a whole, because okay. we're very similar. And when you talk about Latin American music to people in the US, in Europe, in Australia, they immediately connect with Brazilian music mm -hmm. and salsa, mm. you know, Caribbean music and yeah, yeah. salsa, bossa nova, and it's not. It's, it's, it's more I mean, Afro. This is just two Afro styles and the, the whole South America, I mean, I mean, Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Venezuela. Man, you have rhythms incredible. When you mix that with the, with the jazz harmony, mm. you have something. So Which that's unique. That's where you started to focus on. Yes. And then that was when you maybe realized the need for extended range. The real reason I, I came into this, it was because how tall are you? One meter, how much? Oh, 180? I don't know. One, one meter and 80 centimeters. Yeah. I'm, I'm 185. Okay, yeah. Uh, if you put this hand, look. Yeah. And you see that? I have really small hands, yeah, but small, and everybody see my huge base and whatever, and they think I have super big hands, and I have really small hands. So I said, oh man, it's so hard to reach some stuff for me because I have small hands. So maybe, I mean, when I had the six string, anything get more simple to me. I said, why do not adding two more, one lower and one higher, and I will have the range I need in a very specific place okay. and I can move vertically instead of hyperextend my fingers, which I don't have. <laughs> so uh, it was a technical reason and the reason why I, I stopped on uh, eight strings and I didn't go beyond that point was that, if you think about it, we cannot hear below 20 hertz, really, in average. And if you go in fourths, that's the last one. That's it. F, C, G, D, A, E, B, F sharp. Clearly, you can clearly hear the, the, the root of this. Which is... So, that's the reason I stopped here. You, you can see C sharps in some bases. Mm. C sharp. But C sharp is a 16, almost 17 hertz. Really? Fundamental. You yeah. cannot hear that. 
You just feel it well, on the guts. Interestingly, how, how far down does the piano go? The piano must go as low as that. No, 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 no. no. The piano goes up uh, till A, low A. The Bossendorfer, 286 Imperial. Low doesn't A. Doesn't go, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's uh, not as low as this one. Okay. And uh, the problem is that it, that does a fact. It's a, it's a physics fact. You cannot hear the fundamental. You can just feel. Yeah. So it made. There are guys that I. They are my friends. In fact, uh, with the extended range based community, uh, we are very close. Mm. So all of us are friends. I respect. I mean, but it's. I guess not that my, that only comes into play if you're playing open. I mean, if you're talking about extended range in terms of a technical thing for playing across. Yeah. Then you're not playing C sharp. You're playing. Whatever, and you can play yeah, across but it, the it, way. But it gets uh, complicated because of the size. Because of the size, yeah. You know, you're so compromising on the size. A yeah. lot, and you remember. So, yeah. so it's, uh, that's the problem. And uh, why I stopped here and didn't go beyond to a B flat. The reason why I stopped here because technically, this is the last string you can win. Oh, the wind. So wind, yeah. The winding is the, the the last one. The B flat is not like on, a, like on the guitar it would be. Yes, it's, it's so it just the, the plane. It's just the core. Yeah, say, the wire. So it sounds <coughs> immediately like a guitar. So you have to 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 to, and you know what I'm talking about. This sounds so guitaristic. Yeah, and it's no meaty. Yeah, and it's not for me. That's why I stop here because okay. if I add an extra string, I tried. I made many attempts and. Uh, uh, experiments mm. said no I won't use this one so I that, that was the the reason those are the reasons for sure. for this to be an extreme and stopping here and stopping here okay yes. and who did you first approach to to build such a thing this is a luthier in Chile called <coughs> Alfonso Itura which is a very famous luthier in my country where I did the whole design and I said I want this uh, we can make a deal and we did, we made a, a sponsor agreement mm -hmm. so it's was free for me. It was very challenging for him because, of course, he was starting also. Okay. So it was not a perfect base. He's a really great luthier, but of course he was starting. It's like me when I was starting. Yeah. My and there'd be song. no real template or precedence for him to kind of. No, no, no. There were no pickups. I mean, uncharted we, territory. We use like one, two, three, four, four P pickups here <laughs> and four P pickups here. Like here, like that. Ta 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 ta. It was yeah. so crazy. <laughs> and uh, little before that, I invented this thing, which is the mic ramp, which is uh, something that came out after knowing Gary Willis in '92, uh, '92, yes. And uh, I lent him my amplifier. So on the sound check, he gave me the bass. Try it. And I tried the Willis ramp. Yep. Oh wow! This is fantastic. Is it? Little, little further away for my taste. And I told him, is, "Can you adjust this?" I told him. I said, "No, it's glued. It's perfect." But it, it but if the neck moves, it, it will affect the, the distance. He said, "Yeah, but I'm very cool. With it. I'm I'm very used to it." And it was glued here, and the pickup was here. You remember the Willis ramp? Right. Yeah. So I told him, "Well." I would love to, to to try a variation on this and to make it adjustable on the four corners. Okay. And having the 
pickups inserted underneath instead of having the pickup here and the ramp here. So yep. you are playing outside of the sound. Yeah. Uh, where the sound is being uh, got. So he said, oh, that's a good idea, but uh, I am cool with how I am, he said. He, he's a very nice guy. He said, well, go for it. Hmm. He told me, go for it, go for it. Which I did. I mean, it's like, <laughs> was like very like, mm, I will, I will. Yeah, yeah. So the first prototype, I did it in 95, and uh, maybe you've seen some articles in magazines about the story of the, of the ramps. First, the Willis ramp, and there's two, like, ramps in, uh, in mm -hmm. the story of the, the base ramps. <laughs> the Willis ramp was the first and then the ramp, the mic ramp, that's adjustable. Okay. That you can adjust. So what, what are the pickups under here? Two Nordstrand DC-8. Okay. One custom made for me. I mean, yeah. Nordstrand has been my sponsor for like 10, 11 years already. Mm, great pickups. Carrie is my friend, Stuart McKinsey, I mean, these are personal friends. And uh, they really take good care of me. I mean, they have done really a lot of custom pickups for me, no charge. So, I mean, thanks. So you got two, to two <laughs> under there? Two. two. Yes, and, and they are super custom. This is 15 millimeters here. Sorry, 15.5 difference. Okay. Yeah. And 15 here because it goes narrowing. Okay. You see? So one pickup is 15.5 and this is 15 millimeters. Yeah. It's very, very very custom uh, bare no plastic no nothing just okay just the pole pieces and the, the pole pieces the windings because it goes here so it, you don't mm. need that are made for this and uh, <coughs> the the magnets are leveled with the plate so they so can the get really in contact with this okay and you get the the, the sound very naturally yeah that's the story of the mic ramp. Uh, you've seen this in many bases now, many, many, many bases. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I invented this like very, very much, very many years ago. Yeah, that's cool. And do you ever have you do you ever play bases without it? I mean, have you do you have any? I mean, do you ever pick up like a another bass without it? And how how does it feel when you play without it? Without it? Yeah. Uh, it feels weird because I have a different technique, so yeah. I'm very used to have it. I, I hit it. I, I'm very used to it. Uh, Twenty more than twenty yeah. years playing with it, so. But I can do. I can grab a bass and sure, play, yeah, of yeah. course. But it's it's, it's not, <clears throat> doesn't feel the same, of course. So, at what point did you start to become, I guess, your own artist? You know, you you learned your craft and you had facility, and but when did you start to become? I say, I, I think that in 1998, when I started to imagine the extreme bass, like the first one was ready in 1999, mm -hmm. but uh, I would say, I would say in 1999, I, I started to realize it. I was still playing with bands and stuff like that. I was still in the US. Oh no, I was returning to Chile, really. And uh, in a moment I say, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I can do many things with this thing. Mm -hmm. And I started to explore it in 1999. But slightly com combining uh, <coughs> solo things with the band yeah. playing. And in a moment uh, I just stopped playing with bands. Mm -hmm. And I, I've played with many bands in my life. That's something very important because when people see uh, solo players like me, they assume many times wrongly that 
Yeah, he's he should learn he should learn how to mm. to play bass for a band. That's the roots. That's the fundamentals. You need that. Uh, they assume wrongly that because you play solo, you haven't done that. I played for almost twenty years with bands. Absolutely. I'm fifty-two years old. I mean, not a youngster. So. Well, I had a similar experience. I was, I was writing to Marcus Miller for a, for a while when I was starting out playing solo records, and then I had. Um, I got the Casino Lights, you know the Casino Lights um, live at Montreux yeah, yeah, live yeah, album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's playing bass for Al Jarreau, yes. I think. And I'm listening to this track, I'm like, man, that rhythm section just killer. I wonder who's playing bass. Marcus Miller. And I was like, this is maybe late 70s or, or early 80s. And I'm thinking, but Marcus is all about the, the chippity chobbity, slabbity slippity yeah, thing. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't think about the fact that he had this huge session career where he was your typical bass player you know sure. playing the bass lines and, sure. and doing that uh, and then went on and extended his capabilities to being the solo yes guy, but he know? and even when he went into <clears throat> into the solo projects yeah but he solo not there's a difference between solo projects and soloists true like uh, i i'm a soloist i mean i play just by myself which is a different I was already playing mm. with my band uh, since 1992. I have my mm. trio, my fusion trio, yeah. my, my compositions, my stuff. But I mean solo. Mm. Solo, the guy sat in a chair in a theater. Mm. Uh, that started in 1999. And this is a... If I... I call my, myself, you can see my Facebook, it is the bass apprentice. That's how I define myself. And this is not like fake humbleness. It is really sincere. It's like you are always learning. Doesn't matter how much experienced you can be, you're always learning. I mean, you're always an apprentice if you see it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's important to say because uh, I, I like stick to that. Uh, the, the process is a very long process of learning. It never stops. So in a moment when, when you decide to do your thing, you really have to be very cautious mm -hmm. because you are still on that process. You're not, you're not the f finished product. No, no, so no, you're speak. starting with something new. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, keep, keep grounded, that's what I mean. It's sure. you're keeping, it, it's, uh, it's, that's fundamental. What, what was your first solo experience concert like? I mean, were you... Scary as hell. Yeah. Scary as hell because... Because as bass players are so used to being in that, we can kind of just be in the background and, you know, maybe I'll get a bass solo, but rest of the time I'm just cool over here by myself. We know how you know, it is. We know we can even mess around a couple notes and <laughs> no, nothing too, too but serious. But when the whole console hall is eyes on you and there's it silence really and scary. you need to make it happen. Absolutely scary because uh, you, in that very moment, really uh, feel what is... Uh, what being on the spotlight is mm. because any mistake any the any situation that can uh, appear you are 100 percent getting it i mean it's like all on you and uh, it you feel it mm. you feel it the, the very first time i was really petrified and yeah. uh, but it, it it feels i mean it's healthy in a way it's healthy because yeah. the adrenaline yeah uh, Push, but it, but also, I think it, it, all, it always highlights any weaknesses 
yes. know, in, in, in the playing. Yeah, but uh, I let it go. I mean, f uh, in the moment of in the part of the process, I was really like uh, paying too much attention to mistakes, like no mistakes at all. I, I was like obsessive with uh, no making any mistake at all. <coughs> and I started to realize watching videos from, from great musicians, not mm. only bass players, Chico Ria, doesn't matter, they make a lot of mistakes. They yeah. make mistakes. But they don't really sound like mistakes. They, because they have, they are so self-confident. Yeah. So self-confident. They pass, they trespass, they, like, the atoms... They transcend. Uh, they transcend the mistake, it's like... Because well, it's so in the in the mo in the moment. And so they fix speak. it. Yeah. I mean, their experience also. So as a, and now I understand that I have mo more experience that you you make the mistake, but you you fix it in a way mm. that it doesn't look like you yeah. know how it is. And uh, you're semi semitone away from a right note. Yeah, that's Victor's, Victor's quote. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> There's people that does not like that quote. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that quote. In fact, in my, in my opinion, is it is it a controversial? It's very controversial. You know, we know the controversy controversy between Victor and, and Jeff, and it's uh, it sure. went over the top. To, in my opinion, it went too far. Mm. Two mm -hmm. great bass players of the 20th century and still are, and uh, it's not necessary in my opinion. The, the mm. I mean, uh, uh, it could be managed in a in a more uh, in a better way, uh, but I, I like Victor's approach. I have to say, and mm. I, I agree more with him. I'm a very metronome guy, holistic. in fact. Yeah, in, in totally. I mean, you know, Wittner, the brand, Wittner. No, Wittner is that. Well, they they make this uh, this uh, okay the tanner for me, and uh, this uh, F of course is tuned with this. Okay, so uh, they also make <coughs> the, in my opinion, the best. Uh, metronomes in the in the world. This is the iconic mm -hmm. metronome you see with the yep. the, thing, the sign. This the is Widner. Ah, okay. This is Widner. It's based in Isny, in the south of Germany. Right. And they sponsor officially just one musician in the world. If you go to the website, <laughs> you see, because they, they they have known about my my compromise with metronome. They they know mm -hmm. uh, that I'm really into into defending. The, the use of the metronome into musical education and really support that. Okay. Especially bass, because mm. the real, the fundamentals of bass are different than the fundamentals of a sax or flute mm -hmm. or any other instrument. We really, the bass of this, uh, the bass, B-A-S-E, of, uh, of this instrument is groove and pocket time. So you have to really build that up first and then you can turn it off mm -hmm. and flow flow <clears> with <throat> it but from the very beginning no way no way you have to like set it and, and uh, establish it in in, mm. in, in your was there, rhythm. was there a, a point in your learning where that became obvious to you or was it kind of later on that you from the very f beginning i started with a metronome and the story that uh, uh, Horst Wiedner, which is the owner of Wiener, uh, read about me is that uh, I bought, I put together money to buy my first metronome mm -hmm. because I was self-taught, so I needed somebody to study with, somebody to <laughs> study. So I bought this, we're talking 1987, so no, yeah. no quartz that I remember. Maybe there were, but uh, 
mechanical, the typical one, and that was my, my partner. You see, I studied with this and I started to understand mm -hmm. everything through that. So that was very appealing to horse. Mm. Because it's a nice story, you see, it is, a, yeah. and uh, I enforce that. I'm very obsessive with it. With, with I, I can grab a, if you have a chronograph and you ask me one second and 29 cents and I can stop it. And no, but it's not, <laughs> this is not accurate at all. It's not accurate? No. The digital no, ones are accurate? I have a real, a real chronograph, I practice like whatever. A chronograph? Yes, a uh, chronograph, a real serious chronograph. I stop it. You, you ask me for example, I do it in my master classes. Like I mean, sorry, what, what, what is a chronograph exactly? Uh, chronometer. Oh, a time, time uh, watch? Yeah, the ones that they used to use for, for, for sports. Uh, <laughs> or for, yes, or for sports. You stop it. Okay, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And they show the sense. The, the, no. Even the sense on the, the. Oh, so you have you have a you. Have, uh, I'm understanding what you're saying now. You have a really accurate sense of the passage of time. Yes, and okay. this is like I see it as important <coughs> as uh, being accurate with the pitch. Okay. Uh, you, you can feel For the sure. slight variation on, oh. on the pitch, lower or higher. Well, I think bass players should pay uh, even more attention to an absolute. Uh, absolute control of the variations on the speed or on the accuracy of timing. Mm -hmm. And where musicians are more obsessed with the pitch, it's pitch, pitch, pitch. But timekeeping is also the same. You have Definitely. to be nail it, it's a pocket playing. So I, it's a very like uh, uh, pragmatic, if you want a realistic way to confirm how, how well you are doing with it, if you are really keeping it, mm -hmm. like turning it, and count 60 seconds bah, and stop it uh, how you really if you can really keep it yeah it's interesting and it's a very nice way to practice fun I find it fun for some musicians it's so, not so fun in your um, in, in your soul concerts uh, how much is kind of composed and how much is improvised what's the what's the blend I mean is it well the solos are totally improvised all of them Around so, compositions, is the, that yes, the way it works? The, the, I mean, uh, let's say I play 10 songs in a concert. Uh, most you, Six of them are my compositions. Yep. And the solos are improvised, of course. And four of them are uh, um, uh, arrangements on mm -hmm. famous songs, if okay. you want to call them, that everybody knows, <coughs> or at least people who is into music. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do arrangements, uh, re-harmonizations and re-rhythmifications. Uh, ah. I change the, the rhythm yeah. with Latin American rhythms. You know okay. Blue and Green from Miles? Okay. For example, you know, we know how it is, but uh, this is a rhythm from Chile, which is called Tonada. Oh. Etc. Okay. It's a different rhythm. It's a six-eight rhythm so with a feel dun, that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, but it's a. Ah. It's super fun. It's tonada. That's a rhythm, Chilean rhythm. Cool. Well, we have a lot in Chile. 
we have a lot in Argentina, different names, different rhythms. Mm. This is so beautiful to blend that with is a lot of it complex chords. Is a lot of it triplet based or not necessarily? No, 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 no. because it's six eight, so you can take it as a as a two. binary thing with two blocks of three, and it sounds triple triplety, you mm -hmm. know. But uh, I made up that word. You word, can have it. Yeah. 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 Do I myself understand? <laughs> you can add, add it to the rest of them. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's uh, we have a lot of 12-8 in the in Latin America. You say from Peruvian rhythms, Lando, Festejo, 12-8. Mm -hmm. We have 6-8 and 2-4. In uh, we have 5-8 in, in Venezuela, the merengue caraqueño, merengue venezolano. Yeah. That's. Uh, uh, One, two, three, four, five, 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 one, you see? And uh, it's even faster. And You see, it's like... And, and with, with the addition of the... I can explain you why I do this. Because it, it gives that context. Because otherwise the listener... You if know, you didn't I realize have that it might, you might not know. If I don't do it, you get totally lost yeah. because it's it's normal. Even you are a professional musician. Uh, imagine what it is for for people, yeah. normal people. <laughs> In a moment, I realized civilians. I was playing civilians. <laughs> I realized I was playing too much for musicians. Uh, I, a, I still do. It's a good realization. And in a moment I said, I don't like this. I don't like, because playing for musicians is good and at the same time you are always, always on the... on the Microscope. Microscope and on, on the, the... Firing range, yeah. Yeah, you know how to say that? The sniper. Yeah, you are there. <laughs> pointing at you and uh, oh, if you make any mistake that's going to be amplified for the, four, for the whole world, like terrible and whatever. It's not a nice feeling. No. Uh, but when you play for normal people, it's magic, man. It's magic. I mean, I've been doing that lately and I'm turning into that mm. because you, they really get the essence of what you're doing. Not well, the technical aspect. They're not focusing. It's a, good, it's a good test of how good your music is, it's the best shall we say. You know? I agree with that. It's, it's the absolutely test. the best test. Yeah. And uh, so you need to help them a little bit. Sure. A little bit. If I'm going to play this, okay, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, one in between. I, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one. Just one in between yeah. to give them some context and they will start moving the head and tapping the foot. Yeah. And it's a five, eight fast stuff. And it's like if you explain that, they would not be able to follow it. Mm. But if you just do that, or with any other rhythm, mm. six, six, eight, twelve, eight, uh, four, four, of course, two, four. Uh, you help them a little bit, and wow, it's magic appears. For example, there's a rhythm from uh, Colombia, which is this song is on my album. Mm. In my album, it's a uh, vallenato, which is a Colombian rhythm, maybe the most famous Colombian rhythm. Mm -hmm. So you just listen. I can explain later, but. Thank you. 
Vallenato from Colombia, and it's one, pa 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 it's super cool, and and the and they start clapping. I have mm. uh, many experiences when I s just start uh, this tune or mm -hmm. another one, and they start like that immediate, but immediately right away. Wow! They they hear the first one, bam, and they start clapping. Two and the four. second one, <laughs> and they s don't stop till the end of the song. Cool, that's good for you. It's super well, fun. <laughs> I can stop even hitting it. Yeah. And and I clap with them. You see, it's real fun, and. And the most complex part of this is, it took me three years. For example, on this album, which is here, oh, by the way, I can explain later. Uh, I was not, I mean, I was, uh, I already accomplished doing this uh, very well, hmm? but not for the solos. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when the, it was it solo time, when I heard my album ready, I said, oh, that one is really great. But the solos is like <sighs> vacuum. Yeah. Um, I said, okay, sounds good, the solo is great, but it's, it's like, mm, uh, people would get lost with this. I don't know where's the beat, I can, I can follow the solo. A musician yeah. can follow the solo as well, but not anybody. Mm. So it took me three years of practice to keep the hit yeah. going, the smack going, on the impro. You see, like when I did it yeah. at the end, when I started yeah. to solo on Funkenato is the name of this song, uh, you could see I was keeping the beat while I was doing this and keeping the the thing. And do you think that's actually been better for your phrasing, or I mean, it's is it a slight compromise? At the beginning, it, it compromises it a little bit. Yeah. But I, as I said, I'm very nerdy, so I said, okay, there, are, <laughs> there should be a certain amount of combinations possible. I mean, either you play down, either you play up, 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 uh, because the most complex part is when the smack is in sync with a note. Yeah. Because in between... That's, that's, that's nothing. And any good group player would do that. Yeah. But what's the problem comes here? Mm. 
so there's a certain possibilities. Or either you play with this, with this, with this, with this, when you're sweeping down. Which, well, I made all the notes and I practice them by separate. Okay. This possibility, all of them, for three years until it came natural. But at the beginning, you compromise a little, or you avoid certain notes because ooh, <laughs> unconsciously. Yeah, yeah. But in a moment, it starts to flow, and you yeah, you could really do whatever solo, mm. even it feels like if you are not smacking uh, or hitting the, the ramp. Yeah, it feels like the same. So but the people can follow the solo, yeah. you see. That, and it's, it's almost more important to have it during the solo because you don't have that Absolutely. harmonic rhythm to, to latch on to. Absolutely, I cannot. It's a, and I notice it. This album is great. I'm not saying it's not good. <laughs> it is great. But I'm, it's my first solo album. I recorded it two years ago when I turned 50. And uh, a little before I turned 50 in Germany, in Worms, with my great friend Ralph Gauck, great bass player, uh, player from Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he has a studio. So we recorded that at, at his place. And uh, that's my starting point as a solo. Everybody was pushing me to record my solo album for like the last 15 years. Yeah. And I always said, no, I'm not ready. <clears throat> I'm not. I started at 22 years old playing bass. Let me, give me my time to, to make something decent. Mm-hmm. You see, I like coffee, I told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it took me a time, but now I'm, I'm, I'm finishing the second album. It's okay. going to be ready like in six more months. Yep. Compositions are ready and, uh, and uh, now... Yeah. And I are, these, um, are these compositions from, you know, uh, from, this from when you started? Last, or, or last, no, the last two years period. Last no, no, two no, years. I'm, okay. I'm just everything is new. So mm-hmm. after yeah. I finished this, I started to com- compose more yeah. and arrange another... another Classics or famous songs. Yeah. So it's it's more than mm, uh, I can see the evolution. You sure. See, it's it's a uh, now you the, the solos as I was saying won't be like in the back Space. Here. <laughs> yeah, you, you will have that. Cool. It's so good. And and also, what's the concept? You're telling me that it's a it's a there's video and audio. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why there's why you see this. I will which is the best camera to make it. Okay, that's a good distance. Yep. You can see nutrition facts, mm-hmm. and it says here notes and pitch editing 0%. You see, overdubbing 0%, <laughs> rhythm uh, quantization 0%, yeah, etc. Mm? Effects 0%, bass uh, potentiometer 0%, bass preamp 0%. Hand dynamic control, 100%. Well, it's a joke, of course, but what I'm trying to say here is that it's, it's, it's what it is. I'm not editing or doing anything fake here. If there is a mistake, it will be there. It is there, in fact, some of them. They're not nasty mistakes, of course, but everybody would edit anything now. Yeah. And this is absolutely real, and I wanted to make it on video because that's the best way to prove True. that you are not cheating. Yeah. And the second album will be exactly the same. It's the real, it's what it is. If you listen to this, uh, you will see the same ugly guy live <laughs> playing the same music, the same way. It's not like when you listen to some album, wow, and you go live, you go there to the club. What? Mm. What? That's, that's not the album I bought. Mm. Has happened to you? It has happened to me many times. It's like, no, 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 wait. There's, uh, I can see there's tons of edition on this album. These guys don't play like that. 
So I, I, the music industry is getting a little bit crazy with sound edition, uh, edition or sound editing programs. No way. It's, I really don't like that. Mm. I, re I like the organic. That's why it's called organic base one. Okay. And the second is organic base two. I guess um, Victor Wynn, same same idea with uh, show of hands. That was pretty much. Yeah. Yes and no. Mostly. Because, yeah, because there's there's sound editing in there. The, the, yeah. the, the, but in a different way. He's not fixing notes. He's a real. Yeah. You know, he's a great uh, yeah. bass player. But there's a lot of sound editing. Yeah. Sound editing, not note editing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't even do that. I, I when I'm a Phil Jones artist, okay. uh, and uh, I'm very, very proud of the, the uh, uh, one of the brand's main artists. I have my signature amplifier. Okay. And uh, you don't see many signature amplifiers around, really. I mean, mm. try to look for and think about what? Rocco Prestia? There's one Eden, uh, Eden. TC Electronics Rocco Prestia signature. Now he's now he's back with Eden. No, now he's back. But be, before Marcus the, with SWR. Marcus. No Mark base. You're not gonna find more than seven or six in the whole yeah. world. Uh, I'm lucky to have. Which my it kind of, on one hand, I can understand why because really, like you're saying, it's it's this that is your sound. You, you know, know the the reason is the 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 logo. I don't know how to say that in English. The strong phrase, the commercial phrase for Phil Jones, it is pure sound. Mm. And we got very friends with Phil because when he heard me play, I said, man, that's what I want. I mean, it's like, and I was with Mark Bass, mm -hmm. very happy, nice people, nothing, nothing to say. But uh, it was way, really appealing to me when, when we, we started to talk with Michael Albronda, also he's the A&R guy, nice guy as well. And, and they told me, Man, you should use our stuff because uh, our philosophy is, suits you better, or your philosophy suits you, mm. suit, suit us better. Because we are into the very high-tech speaker. I mean, Phil Jones, there's no any other brand in the market that can uh, compete with this. I mean, they make their own speakers, custom-made for the... For the dedicated speakers for their amps. Mm -hmm. You cannot see that in, in other brands. They, they <coughs> outsource. That's the difference. And Phil Jones is Phil Jones. I mean, he's a genius in, 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 in sound engineering and uh, I mean, building and inventing speakers. Mm. He's famous for that. So he for comes from the high five. Field. Yeah, for, for people who don't know Phil Jones' um, approach, what would you say? Because the speakers are generally small. That's a good question. But lots. Five inches, usually. 90% yeah. of their amps are uh, five inches. They have some seven inches now, uh, some eight, and some four inches, but 90% uh, is five inches. Uh, and the, the many people relate a small cone with mm -hmm. small bass sound, which is like really not thinking seriously. We can make a, a, an example with cars. cars. More speakers are like more pistons. You can have a huge piston like that on an engine, mm -hmm. one <laughs> 15 inches <laughs> speaker like a uh, piston moving up and down, and you would think, oh, that's strong, that's efficient, because wow, a small pistons like that is like, <laughs> well, that's a B12, 
Mm -hmm. You know, V8, V12, smaller pistons, more pistons, and there are thermodynamic reasons for that. Well, when you have a, a more speakers, because for the bass sound, what really matters is the total area. Surface area, the yeah. The surface area of, of the speakers, when you sum them up. Mm. That's the point. So, four, ten inch, four, five inch speakers do the work, uh, it's like a 13 to 14 inch speaker. But, the thermal, uh, thermal uh, handling of uh, four small five inch speakers is way better because the, the temperature does not get too high because the, the coils are very small. Okay. And that's a very big problem with big speakers because the temperature goes to the roof yeah. and impedance goes to the sky. So, so not as efficient. They mm. It starts stopping the power from the amp, mm. and you you are not in a moment. You are not listening to, to the what you were listening when you plugged it in. Mm. So, my signature amp is a twelve by five, which, by the way, is the first dedicated extended range bass amplifier ever made. Okay. So that's quite a statement. Uh, there there are not dedicated. The ERB that's amps. The cabinet. Oh. That's the cabinet, yeah. and the 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 head. It's a hybrid ABD. A D uh, input and a toroidal output. Oh, okay. So it's really amazing. It sounds killer. It's made to handle the 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 range. What appeals to Phil is that because I have a five octave range, say, wow, you're an ideal artist for me because mm. I want to say, and you don't use, you don't use preamp, you're, you are perfect for me. Yeah. You, you don't use knobs, no preamps. So it's my, it's my amp. You will be able to, to mm. listen my work as well as a, as a amplifier, sorry, manufacturer. So it's a, it made a lot of sense to him as well. A lot of range. Five octaves, no colors, no pedals. Mm. It was perfect for him, mm. and uh, that's the philosophy in, in general for for Phil Jones. Small cones are way more efficient, and in, in the case of my amp, it's got the black neodymiums, which cost three times more as the usual Piranha five-inch uh, speaker that most of the Phil Jones uh, amplifiers have, okay. which has a flat coil. It's flat. Okay. It's not a like the regular coil is flat, like this party thing that you blow. Yeah, you know, it's flat. Okay, and uh, it's uh, the the copper is in, in inside, and aluminum is outside. Right, and the aluminum handles thermal, uh, thermic thermal, thermal uh, overheating way better than copper. Mm. So it's very 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 complex. Mm. You don't find that in any other brand. So what, I guess, what would you say um, is, is the thing that you noticed most when you started playing this compared to what you... I was you crazy. Had. I mean, I, I was playing at the lots of the low end in New York. I was uh, playing with my gear, amazing gear. I mean, I, 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 hmm. I, I have nothing wrong to say with that, but it's not the best for me. Sure. That's the only thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it might not be the best for... Of course. The next guy, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I always speak like that. It's like yeah. subjective, of course. But there are technical aspects that are not subjective. Uh, True. When, uh, so, Michael Avrondaton, why you don't try this? They were 
Well, sure. Did did you were you skeptical at first as well when you saw the little? No, speakers? I was not because no? I studied sound engineering. Okay, After yeah. this story <laughs> I told you about the in a couple of years, I studied sound. Right. So I, I'm very into that. Cool. I, I know sound engineering. Yeah. So uh, that would be, yeah, sure. Why not? Don't. Oh. Oh shit. Oh. 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 So, okay. Okay. That's. I didn't express it too much because I was on duty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he saw my face. I think I, I was <laughs> transparent on that very moment. Uh, six six months later, I I it was hard anyway. I sent mm. a letter to the wonderful people at, at, at yeah. Marvis and I you said, know, okay, people change. I resign. Basically, I sent a PDF to to Marco and, and, and Ricardo, mm. and they were very nice with me, very comprehensive. I was with them for f six years. I mean, I, g I guess... They were very nice with me, had nothing to you say. You know, like, look, thinking about studio speakers, I mean, that's, a, yeah, I don't that's know, a seven or eight inch, effect. maybe? Maybe eight, uh, seven, I would say. And um, Maybe 6.5. <laughs> maybe. Well, but it's around that, because it, this is not where it finishes. Yes, oh yeah, I would say eight. But the 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 low the low end you can get from that is huge Imagine because it's a very efficient cabinet design and speaker design. Absolutely. Imagine you know? twelve yeah. five inch. It's yes. like having three three twelve inches, mm. even more three thirteen to fourteen inches. Yep. It's a, it's a lot. Did you? Did but you way more efficient. In yeah. Terms of, uh, did you make that up for the for the recording? In what way? Uh, did you use a microphone for the recording of the oh, album? No, no, the album is, is even more impressive. There, there's an amazing little amp that Phil Jones has that's called the BG75 or the double four, which is the size of a shoebox. Have you seen that? Yeah. Two fours? <laughs> I recorded the album with that. Really? Even the, the lows with the mic, ambient. Wow. You will be very impressed. All right, yeah. It's I'll like... Crank it through like the speakers and see... You will very, it's very so D, DI as well, or, or no, 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 just microphone, just microphone. cool, sounds very good. I guess then, then the microphone does come into play. You've got to have a broad, a broad spectrum, yeah. It microphone. was very good mic, but it was pointing to the to the amp, it's not, was not getting ambient noise at all. It was, was it a ribbon or a condenser? It was a D. D one D two twenty one something like that. I don't even remember. Okay. He had so many. That's all right. Well, but anyway. Yeah. It's uh, it's. Uh, it it translated the sound in the way that you. Absolutely, yeah. I did. I was really more on that very recording. Mm. I was really focused on my my thing. He was taking care of that very well. You trusted him. And uh, I tell you, I mean, it's like uh, I, I decided to record it as a statement with a very very shoe uh, shoebox size amp. Mm -hmm. You have a certain distance to it; it will get, it will get sure, what yeah. you need, yeah. and uh, it's very impressive. Cool, Some good stuff. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit. Going back to the the metronome, the timing oh. thing. Um, if so, if somebody wanted to kind of really dig in, like you know, I know I do and want to dig in and really analyze their timing, you know, because some people might not be aware that their timing is is yes. off, you know. So A, what's a good way of going about analyzing your timing? And then B, what's a good um, practice regimen or schedule for remedying issues? Uh, first of all, do not rely on these programs that you see on the web that you can tap on the, in here and it, it, they are not accurate. They, they give you an idea that you can 
hit. Mm-hmm. There are some some games to see how accurate you can keep oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's BS, man. It's, it doesn't work like, well. Like like uh like Rockstar, the video game, you know, where you have to press the for buttons. Example, for yeah. example, for example. So no, no, very serious. A, a, a sport chronograph that's serious. I mean, you you, you get the scent and yeah. you really get it. So you can work that out. For example, keep it. Let's see, you can practice how steady you are with your timekeeping. So let's see, you, 60 is a good, is a good uh, measure because it fits the second. So let's say you, you wait for 10 seconds without knowing. Remember that first, first step is zero. So mm. zero, one, two, three, four, zero. So, uh, and then you stop in 10, 10. You see what happened? Maybe it's not going to be so nice at the beginning, but it will improve. Then you go to 20. And then you try to go straight to one minute. That's steadiness. That's different. And pure yeah. accuracy is what I was telling you. Like, uh, okay, I'm going to do two seconds and 38 cents. And bah. Oh, 39 cents. I'm going to lower one cent. And you won't believe it. You can you can feel one cent a wow. second. You must have felt you were, like you were on a, on the high seas playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people doesn't trust this. I mean, sometimes when you speak them about to be accurate, they, they say, "Nah, nah, no, nah, this is quite su- subjective." No, it's not. It's not subjective. Mm. That's why this is this shows. Um, uh, I mean, when somebody oh, you're speeding mm. up. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not speeding up. Of course, I can make mistakes. Even when I make it, I say, I'm speeding up. Sorry. Yeah. yeah because of course, I make mistakes. And, uh, but you know when you don't make them as well. You are pretty aware. Mm. I always make a comparison between the, uh, driving mm-hmm. a car. When somebody's learning how to drive a car, here, there are, you Australians are very special with this L license p license mm. is that's very good man so it's, you know that they've just passed it's incredible i mean i think it's the best thing i've seen is yeah, uh, okay. in my country they should uh, enforce <laughs> that well whatever the learner what will do the very first day going to without noticing he will always notice late he's going against the center of the mm. of the the other way yeah. <laughs> oh and he will overreact Mm. Ah, he will go the other way and it, it takes time for, for him to be sensitive to the changes yeah. and, and they drive like that yeah. if you go to an F1 driver if you see he, the steering wheel they are always or we we are always correcting we, nobody drives straight True. nobody we are always correcting the difference between you and me and the uh, beginner is that he realizes late that mm. he's going that way or the other way. It's the same thing with speed. Same thing, sorry, with speed. See, this speeding up or slowing down, it, it, they do not realize it immediately. They, they, it takes a little time. Oh, oh I'm speeding up mm-hmm. or I'm slowing down. They, it takes a little time for them. So it's a matter of being aware. Mm. And this time of reaction and the correction goes faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. You cannot notice, but you are always fixing it. Mm. You're fixing it all the way, but slightly. One cent here, one cent here, one cent here. So, how do you take that 
awareness and apply it to when you're playing, if you know what I mean. It's, it's one thing to kind of get good at stopping the, the watch on certain seconds, but then how does... playing live, you mean? Well, yeah, like, just, just playing. Like, how, how does that... How does your understanding of the passage of time influence the actual mechanical movements that you're doing on the bass, if you know what I mean? Because it's... Absolutely. It's, See, for example... You see the last one? Did you hear something? Early. You see? But yeah. it was on purpose. Okay. So, nobody noticed such a thing in general terms. Yeah, yeah, true. And doing it on purpose is even harder. Mm -hmm. I was, as you could hear, it was absolutely steady on the on the 16th after the beat. Yeah. And the very last, it was like three cents of a second or four cents of a second earlier. And you could notice it. Mm. So when we talk about sense of a second, it's like, oh, that's too exaggerated. No, it's not. You can really feel, yeah. any experienced musician can really feel four cents, maybe not one cent of a second, mm. but uh, if you get there, you will feel it. Mm. It's a matter of practice. So the more, the more uh, control you have on the time keeping factor mm -hmm. or, or time accuracy factor, better for you because mm. you will be able to control uh, uh, on demand, I mean, uh, purposely, it's okay, yeah. uh, intentionally, uh, what you do, which is great. And making, I have books written, mm -hmm. some of the universities in my country use them, they have the, my books in their libraries, about rhythm. Okay. Applied rhythms, applied rhythmics for the electric bass, that's the translation. And uh, I go crazy with that in the sense that it's not, for example, the first half was triplet. The last one was for example, and you feel the difference, mm -hmm. and it's even more, uh, for example, let's say. Da, 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 da. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Oh. But really accurate. Any musician can do that, but uh, not any. Well, but it's uh, it's like being very very clear what when you are playing a triple subdivision or a quadruple well, i don't know yeah. uh, you are subdividing in four or in three or in five mm. for example these are the typical the typical jumpy thing but it's in the in the field of five mm. One two three four five eight. One two three four. One two. Oh, sorry. One two three four five. One two three four five. One two three four. I'm not even hitting it. Mm. You see, which is not the same when you divide in four. It's almost the same. Dun, 
ta 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 And would you would you recommend recording yourself? For example, to, it's, it's good to, to analyze it. It's you know, because sometimes good. you know when you're playing, you're not depending on where you are. You're not necessarily able to sit back and analyze what you're doing because you're still trying to do it. So hearing it from the audience perspective is that yes, it's very good to record yourself because it hurts. <laughs> you know how it is. It hurts. Yeah. Oh no, I'm so lost. Let's go again. But it's also cool to grow up from, let's say, one, two, three, one, two, three, two, three, two, three, two, three, now one, two, three, four, one. Oh, sorry. No. Ana, take it, take it, take it, take it, six. I play three, four, five. Six or seven. For example, it's, it's cool because you, you, you force yourself to distinguish mm. the nuances. And also, I think an important factor is, is your, the quality of your technique. Absolutely. You know? Because sometimes I find if I'm practicing something and uh, And we haven't like, talked about that technique. And, and I'm, yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, why, why am I always late on that section? It's, it's the hands. It's because it it's the thing that, you know, the rest of it's fine in that one bit. It's not that I was in time and then I thought out of time. It was just You have it here, but yeah. you didn't have it here. I didn't yeah. have it here, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that's, that's also an important thing is to make sure that your technique is capable of playing uh, whatever absolutely. it is that, that you want to do. So. Well, I, as you could notice, my technique is completely different. It's, it's very unorthodox. It's called... I'm finishing the book now. It's a vectorial synthesis technique. I told you I'm a nerd. Vectorial yep. vectors, movements, vectors. Okay. You know, physical vector. Yep. Synthesis. I mean, you are synthesizing vectors. The less, the better. Okay. Technique. It's about being the most, uh, as much as efficient as possible with the movements. Yes. As much as possible. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I totally agree with that. My brother is a guitar player. Well, but the peak has limits, you see, the, 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 the peak has a lot of limits because it's just one thing with two sides. Yeah. But the fingers are, man, it's like, you know, for example, the sweeping of a guitar. Okay, yes, but if you count one, two, three movements, yes, one, two, three. Mm. But you, how many notes we have? One, two, three, four, five notes. But three movements. Or um, it's better in the major scale. You can you tell me how many movements I'm making here? Okay. Eight. No. Nope. I'm making uh, 16. Because we always forget about oh, the, back and forth. the recover. And the recover is as a movement as the other one. Sure. And that's the one that makes the conventional pizzicato technique very inefficient in terms of mechanics mm -hmm. because it's 100% inefficient. Uh, one movement is lost and the other one 
you get a note from God. Mm -hmm. That's not quite efficient. I'm not saying that everybody's wrong. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Sure. I mean, I'm just saying it's, an, it's, a, it's a theoric analysis. I'm keep it very like cold in that area. I mean, I'm, I'm not yep. owner of any truth at all. I'm just saying that. Yep. So 16 notes, 16 movements for egg notes. Mm -hmm. It's not very good. With a regular pick technique up and down, you have egg for eight, yes? Yep. Egg for eight. Well, with a VST, for example, this is one example, you count one, two, three, four, five, 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 because it's just one. I'm not changing the position. One of the aspects of this technique is you never change this position. It's just one finger, with two, with two. So you can roll. I roll it, so I, I never lost. I'm loose or uh, lost. No, lose. Change, lose. Lose. I never lose. I, I never lose any movement. Okay. So it's, you hear three things. Yeah. But I'm just swinging mm, okay. once. Yeah. And you hear three. So five for eight. Mm. One, two, three, four, five. I'm gonna go back. Six, six, se look at this. Mm -hmm. Seven, eight, nine. Mm. So it's nine for a total of 16 notes instead of 32. Mm -hmm. uh, 32 if you alternate everything, but if you sweep, like with a regular pizzicato, you sweep this one, this one, and you sweep. This one is 30, you save two. So it's 30 against nine. Mm. It's three times more efficient. And this is just one example. I can give you mm. tons of examples where it's even more efficient. So when I really go crazy in a moment, I'm playing real fast and mm. people tell me, man, that's the fastest I've heard in my life. I said, no, I'm the slowest bass player in the world. <laughs> How come? Because nobody moves the hands slower than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my goal. I mean, moving re really not taking care about the technical aspects we were talking about, mm -hmm. and uh, let it flow because it's not a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like when you drive a Ferrari and 120 kilometers an hour, an hour, which is legal speed in many countries, freeway speed, and driving a Panda, <laughs> Fiat Panda. You know that little car? I don't think I would take it to 120. Well, let's let's imagine it reaches let's that. Let's imagine it. <laughs> uh, it's not in both cars. You are going to 120. Yep. But the sensation, it's not the same. <laughs> it's true. It, and this, or it's the Ferrari, that. the Ferrari driving at 40 kilometers an hour. Yes. It's just, it's asleep. It's, it's, it's boring. The panda's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, full pro. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But in, in, in average terms, it's like the, the feeling of having a threshold mm -hmm. very far away. Yeah. It feels good because this is a matter of concern for us as bass players mm -hmm. always when I was starting. Oh man, I'm so on the edge and this damn sax players are smoking. Man, I so envy, I yeah. envy that so much in a good way, of course. Because so, all the notes are there, you know, it's just... It's super no, efficient. I'm not saying it's easy to play sax, but it's the same you know, they, they, can, they can cover their whole range with, with a little movement compared to the cover the whole range on the bass. Yes, but especially with this hand, mm. you see, it's like, left oh hand, my yeah. God, we, we can manage this one. I always, I always find that my right hand is dragging behind my left hand. This hand much but, more capable 
And this one is you know that this is the problem of the 99% of the bass players yeah. that this is dragging against this one yeah so uh, let's say in one in one string one thing is playing fast this one thing but uh, staccato is the cool thing because you can play fast but shitty uh, okay <laughs> and uh, you can feel the staccato sound is not like this is clear yeah. It's very clear, mm. you see, but it's four notes, two movements. Ta, two. One, two. One, two. One. Mm. So you feel nothing and it sounds really fast. So you at the end lose any interest in having to play fast because it's So it's it's I guess what we're saying is it's twofold. It's developing your uh, your time awareness, your perception of the, the passage of time, and then it's making sure that your technique is okay. has the least resistance possible to, yes, to yes. playing because at the right point in it that makes passage. You feel of time. Good. Yeah. And and you start you stop thinking too much about the technique when you play mm. so you can focus on musical aspects sure really focus because you are not like suffering or twisting your toes mm. Ooh, like <laughs> you know how it feels and uh, we all know we all, i mean it's like and i decided to like try try to overcome that and uh, i started with this in 1992 okay. with the vst yeah it went through many crazy names at the beginning, mm -hmm. and it came out at the end. It, it uh, that was the the concept that uh, really embraced the, the real thing. I mean, it's about this. Mm. It's about this. And uh, there are tons of examples I can give you after the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see some tomorrow night at your. Oh yeah, we we will talk for sure again <laughs> about this. And um, and so what about? Um, being a solo bass player in 2018, you know, with the internet and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, are you um, prioritizing any of that, or are you not kind too of, much? No, not, not too, much. too much, really, because uh, first of all, I think there's too much uh, hate in the in the web. Mm. Many of my good friends <coughs> have have to suffer uh, from that. I don't upload many videos because. Mm. Uh, it's not fair to to be that exposed and and uh, somebody is not gonna focus on your music at all. Not many people like okay, too many strings. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna say something nasty about the strings. They're not gonna hear. They're gonna listen at all, yeah. and they're, or they're gonna focus on whatever. Mm -hmm. So I I prefer if there are some videos on 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 the web. Uh, somebody took them on from a live performance. I can do nothing about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm cool, no problem. And in certain specific moments, like this one, where I, I can explain more mm -hmm. things, uh, I feel way better because uh, it's more fair. I mean, I can sure. explain, oh, too many strings, these guys that want to show off with the strings. I already explained the reasons why I play with an extreme bass, which are not the obvious reasons, mm. they are profound reasons, mm -hmm. for example. So I'm not too much into uploading videos to the web and kind of active in Facebook I have a 
11,000 followers on the Facebook page, which is not bad. I mean, I, I haven't uploaded anything to the Facebook page in like two, three months. <laughs> and in my profile, it's like pretty full. It's a good uh, way of letting, Instagram, it's I good way of letting people know about concerts or about yes, albums kind of thing. Yes, it's a good yes. way to network with people who are interested in what you do. Absolutely, and I have uh, many ways, I mean, when I do something, it, it spreads anyway because uh, it goes. I mean, mm -hmm. I upload something and it goes away, and uh, many people know I'm playing tomorrow here, even here in Australia and in mm -hmm. Sydney. I'm very amazed. You see, in Instagram, I'm not very active. I have like 100 publications or something like that total. Yeah. I follow 100 people mm -hmm. uh, around, I don't remember, but I, and I have almost 2K. Uh, but I don't do too much, yeah. really. I I should. But, uh, well, it depends. I mean, I don't need. You, you don't see, need to. I don't need it. That, yeah. That's that's the the people the, the millennials don't understand that, mm -hmm. that you cannot evaluate or or evaluate. That's the best word maybe. Uh, evaluate. 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 evaluate yeah. uh, some some mus any musician's career by the amount of likes they have in their mm -hmm. social media. That's the that's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, there are amazing musicians like Bob Shepard, for example, mm. like Steve Ferrone, like, I mean, that you see their website or their social media, they have like 500 friends, Instagram, 200 followers. Maybe they don't have an Instagram. <laughs> no, they have, but they don't care too much. And, and no. they are they well, have they, recorded 1,000 albums. Well, exactly, because they, they had a career before that and their career will continue despite of that. And some of them have a career right now, but they don't care too yeah. much. Yeah. They really don't. And uh, Gary Willis, for example, mm. is, is, is not very active. And he's one of the absolute masters of, of this instrument, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, and uh, he's not, I mean, he doesn't, Jimmy Johnson, that's the best example mm. I can give you. My favorite bass player, by the way. Cool. Jimmy Johnson is my, look at this. I'm so proud of this. I'm gonna, it's worth it, it's worth it. <laughs> that's the yeah. Alan Holsworth Memorial Concert. I was invited uh. by Mari Takahashi to that. Uh, it was in uh, the baked potato. Cool. Last year, yeah. man, Jimmy was smoking. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have, he doesn't, period. He doesn't mm. have any social media. He really does not care. Mm. And he's one of the most trans transcend transcendent bass players of the 20th century, in my opinion. Mm. Invented the five string bass and a master player and an absolute monster. And no nice. likes, no social media. Yeah, so it's it, it, millennials mostly <coughs> are, uh, over uh, over evaluate or over prioritize. Yes, they give too much credit to the amount of likes you have or not. Sure, and this is so wrong. Mm. I mean, it's, it distorts yeah. the real essence True. of art is true. And what's next for you? Album number two, obviously. Okay, that's a good question. Well, now I'm flying. Oh, now I have tomorrow the Eastgate mm -hmm. uh, gig in Melbourne. Then we fly with Marcello Grazzi. We go to Sydney, and I have a, a performance in Tara Music, the Taramara Music. Then I go. I fly back to Chile, and I have a concert for with four uh, great Chilean bass players. Uh, uh, fellow colleagues in, in Chile for Ergostrap, mm -hmm. which is the 
cool. my my strap uh, endorse uh, sponsor. That's April the 14th. Then I fly to Boston. I have a, to teach a master class in Berkeley. That's my second master class cool. in Berkeley, which I'm very proud because it's it's such a meaningful thing. Did Steve Bailey give you the call? We are, <laughs> no, we we, we see each other. We, we agreed on that at the Bass Player Live 2017. We, yeah. we played the All-Star Jam together oh, and okay. uh, we talked after that. So it came out very okay. naturally. Cool. And uh, that's my second master class in Berkeley. And as I said, very meaningful to me. Then I fly back to play in Chile. Then I fly to Tokyo. I have two concerts in there, and that's the way I go. Cool. Uh, back and forth. My album, second album, should be ready before the end of this year. And uh, really, a lot of things coming. A lot of things. Learning. Uh, I will communicate them on my social media and my website. Yeah. So be best way for somebody to keep keep abreast of what you're doing would be website or. Facebook? Uh, Facebook, but the website is for <coughs> everybody who wants it's up, It's uh, updated. Okay. Uh, my website is igorsavedra.com yep. and you can buy my album. Yep. Ooh. Ooh, what was that? <laughs> my phone. You can buy this album and uh, my book, for example. Uh, uh, you can order it and pay through PayPal. There's also my, if you want, you play extended ranges. Uh, you're as crazy as me and you play extend. You're there to play with uh, too many strings. La Bella has the, the, the whole extended range bass line, it's called Igor Saavedra. So you can purchase the strings from uh, there, there is a link in there and you can order. You receive your, your uh, dedicated string set for extended range bass in there. So it's uh, many things happening. Good place there. to go. And if, if I understand you do um, Skype lessons and stuff, if people are I interested do Skype in that lessons, kind of thing, yes, yeah. of course. I have students in, in different countries of the world. Mm -hmm. I have uh, private uh, students in my homeland, of course. And is, is that just for extended range bases? No, or no, 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 I teach bass lessons. Two, yeah. Yes. No, it doesn't have to. Of course, if you, it's way better. I mean, if, if it's extended range bass, it's exactly my field. But uh, I, I, I come from the how you say when you fight the wars on these holes? The trenches. The trenches. I I come from the trenches, yeah. so it's uh, it's uh, my thing anyway. It, it, it's all music anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. So uh, you can you can also if you want some Skype lessons or find more little more about my world or my points of view. Uh, I'm there, uh, and I always I want to close because uh, I feel it's. It's, it's closing this. It's, yep. uh, it's uh, that I, everything I say or I propose is just my point of view. I, I said it before in the middle of this uh, nice conversation. I don't have or hold any truth at all. Just my opinion. How I see my thing mm -hmm. better is not better than anybody's. It's just, but very important to say if you are a musician. It's important to try to achieve, uh, to, I mean, try to be better, yes, improve, get better every time. But even more important than achieving a quality playing is achieving an identity. You know, as me, how many good players there are mm. around in this world. Good, great bass players. There's a lot. You raise a stone, oh. But who are the ones that succeed? 
they have to be good, of course, but they have to have something. Mm -hmm. If you analyze, if you close your eyes, you listen to Gary Willis playing, oh, Gary, mm -hmm. immediately, it takes you a second. Any, any guy Base, that, bass nerd, like <laughs> us. Oh, Marcus, oh, Victor, the guy who knows me, oh, that's the crazy Igor, mm -hmm. no problem, immediately. It's like, uh, easy. Because you have that identity, because you play with a certain technical approach, you have a specific sound, very clearly noticed, mm -hmm. you have a, 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 a music uh, taste, I mean, like in my case, Latin American mix, well, blah, blah, blah. Oh, clearly that's Igor, oh, that's whatever. It's like clear, rock, oppressia, identity. That's mm. something that's missing in many bass players. They try to play some like somebody else's and they, mm. that's fair at the beginning. All of us sure. started playing like, but the problem is that they, many guys stay there and they are 60 years old mm. and they, they stay there, 50, 40, whatever. Mm. No, that's not the way to go. You have to find who are you mm -hmm. and try to make it pass through. Totally. And that's the main thing I would like to say. Some of the good advice I got when I was younger is there's always going to be somebody better than you, but there's never going to be anybody that sounds exactly like you. And I can add something to that. There's nobody that's going to be better than you doing what you do. Yes. Nobody can beat you being yeah. yourself. So make that good. <laughs> you can. Nobody can beat you being yourself. Yeah. But yes. if you are not yourself, first you have to be yourself. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you're on the top of the mountain in that very moment. Of course, assuming you already have the quality. Yeah. The objective quality. True. Man. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. Uh, it was really pleasure. That was really good, man. Ego Saavedra, everybody. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Cool. Bye, -bye. Bye folks. Stay tuned. guys hope you enjoyed the interview there with Igor massive thanks to him for taking time out to come and hang with me um, I always appreciate it when people do that um, if you are enjoying this podcast series uh, I do encourage you to help me out spread the word um, share it on social media write a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your um, uh, podcasts from and let me know send me a message either via Facebook or email I'm quite easy to find anyway guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next time Thank you.